Good, Good morning, morning High Point. Merry Great Christmas. So glad to have you guys here, and I hope you uh, have enjoyed your Christmas season already, and we're just grateful that you could come and join us again today. It's been a wonderful experience already. I know Amy and I have been having a blast. It's been so fun, and being able to, this is what, our fourth or so time speaking already this week, so it's, it's been good. We love it, so, and you guys keep coming back. I love that. <laughs> so, hey, I just want to make a comment. Uh, we have something that we were surprised by. Our publisher had told us that our new release, new book, would not be coming out until sometime after the new year. However, they surprised us, and they sent it this week. And so our new book, new release, We Are a Team. It's got us on our Jeep. <laughs> you got to get it. But it is a great book. You're going to love it. And uh, it's, it's definitely geared towards men as well. So how many times, you know, guys, we go out and buy a marriage book. How many guys have actually bought a marriage book? Okay, don't raise your hand because I know it's probably not very many. I saw many. some hands go That's, up before you yeah, said that, don't that raise was your good. hand. That's I'm good. Most guys don't buy marriage books. It's usually ladies. Well, we decided we're going to change that. And all you have to do is add some sports illustrations, uh, examples, and a Jeep on the front of a book, and we'll sell it. So, but uh, we're going to have a great time with this book. You're definitely going to want to have this. It's available uh, through Amazon in different ways that you can get it on Audible if you prefer to listen to it audibly. And we have it here at the And we do desk, have though. it here at the information desk. So pick up your own book. You'll love it. Actually, it will be on Audible in, I think, about three weeks. It hasn't quite gone up there, but it will soon. And we put a lot of work into recording that on Audible. So I hope some of you get that, that version. Uh, it took us about five or six days to do that with our assistant, Leah. Also, um, just as Leah mentioned in the announcement videos, we have our Refresh Marriage Conference coming up on Valentine's weekend. And I want to encourage you at the door, there will be one of the ushers standing there with some of these cards. And we are wondering if you could help us invite people. They say that people are almost 80% more likely to attend a church or an event if someone they know invites them over other types of marketing. So if you know anyone who is married, engaged, dating, or even single who wants to learn more relationship skills, if you would pick one of these up and give this to them, invite them, we would greatly appreciate it. And also, there is a registration for this online. It is free. There's no cost for it. But we do need registration because it is limited seating. So make sure and sign up yourself. We will have a great time. As you saw in the video, we have Danny and Stephanie Gutierrez with us. How many of you have heard them speak before? They are our missionaries to Peru for the last 10 years, and they are hysterically funny. You will not want to miss them. A lot of fun. And also, uh, one unique thing about their marriage is that they are a parent of a special needs child who is 18, and that makes marriage very different than the average normal uh, marriage having a special needs child to take care of. And so one of their sessions will be completely on uh, dealing with marriage issues when you have a special needs child or any other type of just unusual challenges going on in life. So it will be a blessing to you. So if you're able to be here Valentine's weekend, we encourage you to sign up and invite friends. Speaking of marriage, I heard about this guy. He was living with his elderly, very wealthy father. And he decided, you know what? I really need to find a wife to be able to share all this wealth with after my dad passes on. So he decides to begin scoping out Mrs. Wright. So finally, one day he comes across this woman's path, and she is gorgeous. She's all put together. She's an investor, so she's smart with money. He said she took my breath away. So he quickly 
jumped to the opportunity and began to introduce himself to her. She seemed very interested as he began to share and reveal more and more of his story that his dad was loaded and he was going to be inheriting hundreds of millions of dollars. She seemed very, very interested. So she said, can I have your business card? So he quickly gave the business card to this beautiful woman. Three weeks later, she was married to his father. (laughs) All right, how many are ready for the word of God today? Would you just stand to your feet one more time? We're going to take a moment, just take a moment to honor the Lord Jesus Christ for what he's done for us. Lord, we come to you with grateful hearts, and I know PJ and the team did a phenomenal job leading us into your presence, and today we just want to say thank you from the depth of our heart. Thank you for the price that you paid for all of our sins, for everything that you've given us now and for the rest of eternity. We just want to acknowledge that we appreciate you being with us today, this Christmas season, and forever more from here on out, Lord. And we ask that you would help us to learn from you and from your word today. And I believe and I declare over your people today that this will go into good ground, not just producing 30 or 60, but these are hundredfold producers that I believe that your word will not return void. It's incorruptible seed and it will change us from the inside out. In Jesus' name and God's people said, Amen. amen. Before you're seated, turn to your neighbor and say, I'm in the right place at the right time with the right people. Give them a high five and then you can be seated. Love y'all. You guys, thank you again for joining us today for Christmas weekend. And uh, Amy and I are really, really excited. We're going to actually talk to you today for the next few moments together about the three C's of Christmas. Now, immediately you might think the three C's, the three C's, Christ, you know, the, the cross eventually, and to the crown. Uh, yet, that's not what we're going to share. We're gonna, that's a big part of the Christmas story, but we could we, do a sermon on that. We could someday. do a, definitely a could do a sermon on that. But we're actually gonna share the motivating factor, the inspiration of why Christ came, why he went to the cross, and why he eventually ended up wearing the crown. And these relationship principles, these three relationship principles, and it's not limited to these three relationship principles. However, if you will apply these three relationship principles of what God showed us with the Christmas story, it will change your marriages, your families, your relationships. It'll take them to a whole new level. Even though there may be difficult moments, the cross, uh, you do have Christ, his anointing that's on the inside of you, destroying yokes, removing burdens. But if you will apply these principles, eventually you too will be wearing the crown in your relationship. So let's take uh, just, a, a, just a moment to examine our students today. Uh, how many of you know what the greatest gift, according to the Apostle Paul, what is the greatest gift of them all? Love, that's right. Love is the greatest gift. The Apostle Paul says in the love chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that love is the greatest gift. Love never fails. And yet, with love, the Apostle Paul also says in Ephesians chapter 3 that it's absolutely important that we come to comprehend the length, the depth, the breadth, and the height of God's love. So in other words, God's love comes in different faces, you could say, different ways. And one of the ways that we see with the three, one of the first C's in Christmas is found in John chapter 3, verse 16, the whole motivating factor of why God sent his son Jesus to the earth. It goes on to say, for God, what? So loved the world that, what's the next thing? He, what? He gave. Gave. So we know that one of the phases of God's love is giving, being gracious. 
whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. How many know that we're not here forever? Every one second, just a little over one second, two people on the face of this earth die. You're so encouraging I know. today. Sobering, right? So two more people just died. Two more people just died. Oh man, we came to get it encouraged today. Well, you will be, but we have to be sober-minded in these last days. People are dying. And we will one day face that as well. So how many know it's good to know why we're here? That we're here with a God-given purpose, that God knew you before your mother's womb, that you were not a mistake, even though you might have been told you were a mistake. Oops, we just happened to have you. We didn't plan for you. You're not a mistake. In fact, I also want to say that God's not mad at you. He's simply madly in love with you. And this is the whole motivating factor of why is one of the faces of God's love is that he came with compassion. One of the faces of God's love, without question, is compassion. God saw a mess down here. The enemy's going about stealing, killing, destroying. And he thought, okay, I've got to do something about this. So he sends his son, Jesus. Jesus rises to the occasion and says, I'm going to fix this problem once and for all. I'm going to deal with their sins. I'm going to deal with the thief who's going about stealing, killing, destroying. I'm going to deal with this situation, disarm all principalities, powers, and darkness, deliver God's people into his uh, covenant of protection and love, and transfer us out of the kingdom of darkness. So that's where we get this whole concept where Jesus teaches that one must be born again. What do you mean, be born again? You have to go into your mother's womb again? Born again of the Spirit. So when we were born, we were all born into sin, into the nature of sin. That's why we have a desire to sin. Now, thankfully, because of the renewed mind, we can actually have a grace that comes over us to help us to want to, what? Overcome sin, weaknesses, and even obstacles and adversities that we'll be challenged with here on earth. And that's why we have grace himself, which we talked about on Christmas Eve, that grace himself is divine intervention, unmerited favor. We don't deserve, but we get God's goodness. Amen? We're so thankful for that. When you think about this Christmas reason for the season, it is something way beyond human comprehension. When we cross over into eternity and see how much God has already given you, that he has, no eye has seen nor ear has seen or heard what God has in store for those who love him, qualifying factor for those who love him. Now, you can't love him unless you first receive his love. So we have to receive his love, and that's how we receive his forgiveness, his grace. We say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I get that. I need you, Jesus, in my life. And we receive forgiveness, and that's when we are born again. We are with a born-again spirit now. We become a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away, and all things become new. Thank God for this message. It caused us literally to miss hell, which was never created for us in the beginning. It was created for Satan, the Lucifer, who was known as Lucifer, one of the angels, who fell out of heaven and took a third of the angels because he said, I'm going to become God, basically. And God said, no, you're not going to become God. I created you. You can't become God. I'm God. Go. And so here we have him now known years later as Satan. Everybody knows there's evil in this world. That's, I don't care if you're talking to a Christian or a non-Christian. You can ask anybody down the street, is there evil in this world? Yeah, talk about the Ouija board. Talk about the tarot cards. Talk about psychic reading. Talk about, of course. We aren't oblivious to evil in this world, but we have a message of grace that came through Jesus, that grace is not just a theology or a doctrine. His name is Jesus Christ, who came to love you and forgive you of your sins and to deliver you from the powers of darkness. Isn't that good news when you think about it? It's so important to know the length, depth, breadth, and the height of God's love, which we're going to be learning for the rest of eternity. But one of the keys, again, with Christmas is compassion. God saw a mess. 
And he said, I'm gonna deal with this situation. Compassion is not just sympathy, church. We need to understand that sympathy will say, hey, oh, I'm so sorry you're going through that. Compassion says, no, I'm gonna deal with that for you. I'm gonna fix this problem for you. Compassion doesn't just sit back and do nothing. The Bible says that Jesus was moved with compassion. And when he did, he changed situations. He healed people's hearts. He healed people's bodies. Compassion moves to the occasion to change us, to transform us, to make us better people. And so it's such a good thing. But the question is, how can I help? Because sometimes when it comes to marriage and family, if we ask our wife or ask our spouse, hey, what's wrong? She tells you what's wrong. Now, Mr. Fix-It rises up. How many Mr. Fix-Its are out there? You know what I'm talking about. We rise up and we'll, we'll fix that for you. Sometimes they don't need you to fix that. Sometimes they don't need you to fix their problems. Sometimes they just need a listening ear. Amen, women? And uh, how about like just understanding and feeling connected? How many know that's the number one need that females have in addition to affection and security? The number one thing that women all agree across the board is they want to feel connected and they want to feel understood. And how many know guys, we're not always going to understand them because they're females, and that's okay, but if we will listen, how many know that I've never heard anybody get in trouble with having two good listening ears? I've heard people get in trouble with their mouth, but I've never heard people get in trouble for having two good listening ears. Powerful, profound, and yet prolific results comes from being a good listener, not necessarily trying to change the problem, but occasionally from time to time, we do need to step up and step to the occasion. So there's times like Amy and I, when we first got married, we started building our family, there's times where we'd do certain things that would help each other out. So let's give each other a day of rest. When I first started working for a company down in Texas, I worked four days on, three days off. That was awesome. Loved the schedule. Long four days, but it was great to have the three days off. But what we did during those three days off is I would take a day off of resting. She would take care of the kids. Vice versa, the next day. Now, some of you can't do that because you're working Monday through Friday or Monday through Saturday. But you can find that window of opportunity where you can step up to the occasion and say, hey, honey, why don't you go rest? I've got the kiddos. I've got the household uh, things taken care of. I'll take care of the dishes. I'll take care of the laundry whatever it is. How many can use some compassion out there? You know what I'm saying? Compassion will change your marriages and your families when we step to the occasion, step up, and look for an opportunity. This is where we come before the Lord and say, Lord, how can I show compassion? And the first thing we have to do is be able to receive compassion for ourselves, and then we can show compassion. You know, in John chapter 4, there was a woman at the well. How many of you have, some of you have heard that story, the woman at the well where Jesus went and he asked her for a drink of water because she was there drawing water out of the well. And she was a Samaritan woman and she was surprised that Jesus would speak to her because normally the Jews didn't speak to Samaritans. And in that situation, the Bible tells us that Jesus had compassion. He was moved with compassion for this woman. And we see that throughout the Bible. It tells us that Jesus, when he saw people without a shepherd, he was moved with compassion for them. And, you know, you think about this woman. Jesus, when, when he met this lady at the well, you know, she started talking to him. And he kind of read her mail and said to her, uh, well, you've been married five times. And the, the man you're living with now isn't your husband. And she was just shocked by that. Like, how does this man know that I've been married five times? How does he know this kind of stuff about me? But the Bible tells us Jesus had great compassion for her. And you think about this woman. She didn't get married to fail, did she? Any of those times? I mean, nobody gets married. Yeah, how many of you got married to get fa you know, to fail, right? Like anybody <laughs> out there, we got married because we want to fail. Nobody comes down the altar uh, to say, hey, I hate you, I hate you, let's get married to fail. That's right. never happened. I've never had that happen yet. And people don't get married thinking, well, hopefully by the, seven, the third or fourth time it'll stick. 
right? Hopefully I'll, I'll get this right by the third or fourth time. They just don't think that way. And so this woman was a broken individual. And we know that this woman he met at the well was kind of a, probably an outcast of society. Maybe people didn't want to be around her because she had been married five times. Uh, we know that in that day, if you study that day and time, women usually traveled together when they went to the well or did things like that for safety reasons. So, so just the fact that this woman was alone tells us she was most likely shunned and looked at as an outcast. And then on top of that, uh, in that day, women were considered more property in, in this time. And so, you know, they weren't looked at as, oh, you're created in the image of God. They were just looked at as a piece of property like an animal sometimes. And so you look at this, but Jesus didn't look at her that way. He didn't treat her like an outcast. He didn't treat her like she was less because she was female. He valued her greatly. And so you look at him, and I'm sure that Jesus was thinking this, this woman doesn't know what she doesn't know. Do you know what I'm saying by that? Like, we all have room for growth, and a lot of times we don't even know what areas we need to grow in. You know, and then we learn more, and we're like, oh, I didn't even realize that I didn't know that or that I needed this teaching. It's kind of like in society today, there are so many homes that we aren't getting taught proper behavior of how to win in a marriage, how to win in relationships, how to win in parenting. And unfortunately, people a lot of times get those ideas from television if they didn't get proper training in the home. And that can be just as bad, if not worse, right? And, and so, you know, on TV, they show couples trying to one-up each other, and whoever can do the best sarcasm, you know, is kind of like, ooh, that's the one who you really hit it out of the park with that. But that doesn't win in relationships. That doesn't help you raise loving, compassionate children who care about people and make a difference in the world. And so Jesus knew that about her. And you look at this uh, in the Bible, it's kind of like Billy Graham. Years ago once said, God loves us the way we are, but he loves us too much to leave us that way. In other words, God wants us to be able to grow with him, to grow into a relationship with him, and to learn about the things we don't know so we can have more success in life. And so this woman experienced the compassion of Jesus, and she went out to evangelize her whole community and share Jesus with them because Jesus' compassion had changed her. So one of the greatest gifts we can add to the relationships around us is us having a personal relationship with Jesus. And when I say that, what I'm referring to is like when I was 14 years old, I had an honor in California who I, uh, I noticed my mom's conversations with her on the phone a lot. And this aunt in California really had this like pipeline to heaven. Like she would call my mom and say, the Lord put it on my heart that you're going through so-and-so in the family is going through this right now and I'm supposed to call you and pray with you for them. And I'm just thinking, what? How does she know that stuff? You know, and I went to God in my own personal time and I said, Lord, I want to have a relationship with you like my aunt does. Like, how does she know these things? She says when she was praying that she just sensed this in her heart, you know, and, and so I just saw this personal relationship she was having with God. So that spurred me on to start reading one chapter in the Bible a day and start praying and talking to God like he was my best friend and, and asking him for help and wisdom in life. And I started seeing how real God is. In fact, I just have to share this real quick. You know, even, I, I just feel like I should be sharing this for someone, even the power of prayers with protection. I remember one time I was about 19 or 20, and I was heading to work up here in Rochester. I worked at Think Bank as a teller, and I was in college at that time, and this one morning I headed out of the driveway around 8 a.m., 
And when I got home that evening, because I was still living with my parents, my mom said to me, what happened to you 15 minutes after you left home today, Amy? And I said, why do you ask? And I was just kind of jarred by her saying that. And she said, because I went for, she always went for a morning walk on our country gravel road. And she said, when you pulled out of the driveway, I was leaving for my walk. And the second you pulled out, I started hearing literally sirens, but I knew they weren't real. It was like hearing them on the inside. She said, I started hearing sirens. And I just had this loud thought, pray for Amy until I tell you to stop. She's in danger. And she said, 15 minutes after you left, I looked at my watch, and I just heard this thought on the inside, she's safe, you can stop now. And I said, that is amazing, because exactly 15 minutes after I left home, between 14 and 15 minutes, I was coming, if any of you know this road, uh, before they just recently changed it up, I was driving from where you go through Spring Valley and Racine and Stewartville. I was coming on the, the road coming up, the highway, and right after I got out of Stewartville, heading towards Rochester, right before that bridge, there used to be an interpass from I-90, or uh, um, an exit ramp from I-90 that came up. So I was coming this way, crossing the bridge, and I said I had a semi right behind me on my tail. And as I'm driving north, I see this uh, semi with a double trailer. It was like the length of a double trailer. It was actually a race car type trailer. And so it was an extended trailer. And as I'm coming across the bridge, I see the semi driver's eyes, and I can tell he's trying to contemplate whether he can make it in front of me, get across, because you have to pull across the highway to get on the road going south into Stewartville. And he decided at the last minute to go in the second he started hesitating, the semi behind me just pulled down his horn trying to stop him. And so he's just laying on the horn behind me, but the guy had already decided to go. And I was about to be smashed between two semis, and all I could do was hit my brakes so I didn't hit this, the trailer in front of me. And right as I was about, I stopped just in time, like right on the highway. I go from going 60 to stopped. And right at that moment, the semi behind me has just enough space in his, his semi, takes half in the ditch, and goes around, and his semi missed the, the end of the trailer in front of me by probably an inch, and dirt is flying everywhere because he's half in the ditch, and he did not tip by the grace of God and pulled past that semi and went past me on the right. And it was so miraculous. It was probably the closest near-death experience I've had in my life that I know of, and it was so much the grace and protection of God because in all things natural, I should have been smashed between those two semis that day. And she knew that without me even telling her about it. And things like that would happen that just so showed me how real God was in his compassion and his power that it was just jarring to me uh, of what a compassionate God we serve. You know, in fact, compassion, I just want to say this. There's some scriptures that help us with this because you never know what people are going through in this world today. And it's important that we give grace, we give compassion to the people that are closest to us. We don't know what it's like to be in their shoes. And so when we give compassion, that means, again, it's, we're not judging them. We're just simply going to show compassion to them. I love what First uh, Peter chapter 3, verse 7, it says, Husbands, in the same way that you treat your wife with consideration as a delicate vessel and with honor as fellow heirs of the gracious gift of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered. So in other words, God's saying, it doesn't, mean, it doesn't mean that she's weaker. 
physically. She might be stronger than you. I don't know. But the fact is, is that God's wanting us to show compassion. He's wanting us to treat them as if they were delicate. There's something powerful about looking at someone and saying, Lord, what can I do for them? Or even opening up a conversation and instead of trying to fix their problems, saying, how can I help you? Compassion will take your relationships as parents, husbands, wives, um, children, it will take your relationships to a whole new level when we apply this principle. And again, first, we have to receive God's compassion for ourselves in order to show compassion. That's why Jesus said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, to love your neighbors as you love yourself. In other words, you can't love your neighbor unless you receive God's compassion, his love for your life first. Once we receive God's compassion, his love for our life through a personal relationship, we can be more effective in our relationships. The second C, real quickly, the second C of love or the Christmas story is confidence. God would have never sent his son, Jesus Christ, if he didn't believe that you wouldn't respond to the message, the Christmas story. You are here because, yes, someone's been praying for you. You should not be here. Some of you should have been dead a long time ago. But God's grace and compassion has continued to shine forth. Someone's been praying for you. You're here. But God believes so much that you would be here today that he had confidence in the message of grace of sending his son, Jesus Christ. This, is, this comes through having a personal, again, friendship with the Lord. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 reminds us that perfect love is what flushes out all fear, which torments us. So every one of us deal with fear to a certain degree. I don't know if it's uh, heights or snakes or whatever it is, but the reason the root of that is there is because of fear of death ultimately. We're not really afraid of the snake bite. We're afraid of the snake biting us and us dying. We're not afraid of heights. We're afraid of falling and dying. So the reason Jesus came was to deal with that so we wouldn't be afraid of death, that we know that's on the other side of this here on earth is a place that's far greater called heaven that we get to experience for the rest of eternity. His perfect love is what flushes out all those fears that torment us, anxiety, stress, and all that stuff that's rooted in fear. Now, that comes through a personal relationship, but how many know it's nice to have some people that are confident in you and that believe in you? I mean, how many can use some more compassion, but can also use someone who believes in you? That's like the wind beneath your wings. In fact, studies show in marriages, what couples want is a confident spouse. Because confidence, confident people are givers, not takers. Confident people are, are to show love and compassion. They're not saying, I need you. It's, it's confident people rise to the occasion and say, I want to be a gift to you. I want to be a, a blessing to you. you know, when I was in high school, I, I played sports to win. But then it got to the point where I got up to my 11th and 12th grade year, and I thought, man, I just want to be on a winning team. Because it's one thing to win in a sport and track or whatever it is, or be a good player in whatever field you're in. But how many know it's even more special to be on a winning team? Because if you're the best player and your team keeps losing over and over, that's no fun. So it, came, it moved to, I just want to be on a winning team. And if you surround yourself with winners, you're going to eventually start thinking like a winner. Amen? So and then eventually through maturity, what happens is we eventually move from, I don't, it's not just, I don't want to just win. I don't want to just be on a winning team. I want to help other people win in life. And that's where we move. To me, one of the greatest joys is, yes, seeing people come to Christ every single week. But in addition to that, is seeing you win in your marriages and your families brings us more joy than you can even imagine. We don't look down at you in any way, shape, or form. Listen, there are people here in this congregation, in first service as well, that have been through unwanted divorces. But I said they were here 
and they're here right now in this service. Give them a big hand clap for that. That means they're still trying. They're not giving up. The only way you can lose in life is if you quit. You're here because you're choosing not to quit, but to keep growing, to keep learning. It's, listen, we're, none of us are where we need to be totally yet in life. We're still in what we call growth. We're going to keep learning infinite wisdom from our Heavenly Father for the rest of eternity. There's a lot that we can learn about his love yet. There's a lot that we can learn about compassion and having confidence. But again, again, one thing that you'll find that's so helpful in marriages and families and relationships, having parents or having children that absolutely believe the best in you. I love what the Holy Spirit one time said to me. If you believe enough in someone's success, eventually they will become a success. Encouragement, again, we'll move into a little bit more of this in just a moment. But listen, having someone breathe life into you, believe in you, have confidence in you, there's nothing like it in the world. Behind every successful man and behind every successful woman, I can say, is an amazing spouse. Amazing kids that believed in them. When there are people that rise to the occasion, they didn't do it by themselves. Even Lone Ranger had Tonto, right? Somebody had someone to help you get there. If you see a turtle on the top of a fence post, just know somebody put that turtle there. Somebody wants to believe in you and you've got a heavenly father that believes in you and has confidence that you would respond to the message of grace. That's awesome. You're here because of God's confidence in you. Now, real quickly, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 says, don't throw away this confidence because it comes with great reward. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 26 reminds us that confidence comes from the Lord. So having time, having a relationship with him each and every single day, reading his word, builds our confidence. And when we have confidence, we can navigate through the difficult, most difficult times here on earth, believing what God says. Quick little story for you. There is a pastor that's out of Houston, not quite as far into Houston, but he's out of Texas, almost to the Houston area that loves fishing. And he took his friend Brent one day to go fishing and they were at the pier before they went out and they talked to the tour guide before they left, somebody that worked at the pier and they just said, okay, we're gonna go out by the gas wells. We hear it's great fishing out there. So what can we do to get back? And he looked at him and he said, go directly due north. So they go out, they go fishing and they're catching a lot of fish. You're catching a lot of fish, great fishing. But all of a sudden the fog set in, it was so thick, we didn't, they didn't realize what had happened, they looked up and looked around the fog. You couldn't even see a few feet in front of them, and they got a little panicky, a little concerned. So immediately, Jeff says to Brent, well, he stood up, got his bearings, looked around, and he said, we've got to go this way. And Brent said, no, 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 we've got to go this way, because he was a great fisherman too. He grew up in a fishing family. I'm like, no, that doesn't seem right. And so he pulls out his compass, and he says, and he remembers what the tour guide said at the pier, Go directly due north. And he said, no, it's not this way. It's not this way. It's this way. Well, that freaked Brent out. So for the next half hour as they tooled along, he's like, Jeff, you're going to kill us. You're taking us out to sea on six gallons of gas. You're going to kill us. Next half hour goes by. They still see nothing. What are you doing? Why are you doing this to us? But he just kept remembering what the tour guide said. Go directly due north. An hour and a half passes. And finally, they could see some lights, and they got back to the pier safely because he listened 
to what the tour guide said. In the same way, when we listen to what the tour guide says, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, we listen to the roadmap of success, the Word of God. We're taking time to fellowship with Him, read His Word daily. It can literally prevent unnecessary bumps and bruises in your marriages and your families, and even accidents that the enemy is trying to steal, kill, and destroy your life. God can tell you, don't go that way. Go this way to work instead. And it literally has saved many people's lives. We've got lots of testimonies here in this church because of people said that I heard the Holy Spirit tell me to go this way instead of the normal route they took. Listen, God is a good God and he's faithful. He comes with life and life more abundantly and he wants you to have confidence in this journey here on earth. You know, Mary, the mother of Jesus, said, Be it unto me as you have spoken, Lord. And as she trusted in the Lord, we still hear of her today and know of her today as the mother of our Lord and Savior because she was putting confidence in God and the word he spoke. In Jeremiah 17, 5, it says, This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. So that doesn't mean we don't trust in people at all. It just means that we first need to put our trust in God before anything else, before any people, right? And so it's important to remember when things are hurting, when life hurts, we need to put our trust in God, not look to addictions of things like drugs, alcohol, shopping, whatever the vice may be. You know, at times when things hurt, we need to look to Jesus and look to strength in him, Psalm 37.3 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. You know, there are two things that happen when we trust in Jesus and put our, our life in his hands, build a connection with him. And we see this from the woman at the well. He makes his healing power available to us. He wanted to heal this woman in her heart who had been through all of the relationship challenges. So he wants to heal us and bring his healing power to us. And second, we see at the, the woman at the well, he's, the woman had, you know, he had asked for water. And then he later said to her, I can give you living water. In other words, when we have a relationship with Jesus, he can fill us with a living water, which is like a wisdom and relationship and, and all of our needs met according to his riches and glory when we stay in connection with him. It's true. So again, two things happens when we come to Christ and we take time to fellowship with him on a daily basis is, yes, there's going to be times where you're going to have someone that hurts your feelings. It's going to happen while you're here on earth. We're living in a fallen world. One day it'll be over, but in the meantime, we're here navigating through things. And so the first thing he does is he heals our hearts and then he fills us with his spirit, with healing. How many know that hurting people hurt people? Okay. So the only reason why that coworker has been nasty or mean is because they're hurting too. They're hurting with whatever it is, and they're taking out their toxic behavior on you or somebody else around you. So hurting people hurt people, but the good news is that healed people bring healing to people. So when we get healed up and get filled up with God's love and his compassion and confidence, it helps us to make for better marriages and families. It stabilizes our relationships around us. So you can go into a situation... You could be hurt. Somebody said something that was really hurtful. It could be a spouse. It could have been a child. It could have been a parent. You may be like, God, can I take that person out? Can I, whatever, fill in the blank? And God says, mm, no. But I see it in the Bible. No. But I can take that moment where you're so mad and make you glad by giving you an opportunity to see things from my perspective and what love can truly do. When you apply compassion, when you apply confidence, you can be moving from mad to glad after just enjoying some time with the Lord. The off product or the product, byproduct of having a relationship with the Lord is the fruit of the Spirit. 
Love, joy, happiness, long-suffering, patience, gentleness, and all that stuff. It comes from having simply a relationship with our Creator. And when you do, you get filled up, you get healed up, you get filled up. Amen? So we want to talk about this uh, next last moment for the last few moments that we have left together. Just the last C in Christmas, and that is compliments. What do you mean by compliments? How does the Christmas story bring compliments? The Bible says that you're the apple of God's eye, that you're his masterpiece. When you think about Jesus who ultimately went to the cross and he stretched out his hands like this on the cross, what was he saying? I love you this much. It's a compliment that he believed that you would receive his grace and his forgiveness that you're made in his image as a compliment. In fact, compliments are the glue that bond our relationships together. Criticism, like Amy was talking about, sarcasm, it just separates, divides, destroys. That's why the Bible says to use soft answers or turn away wrath. Jesus spoke into ordinary people's lives and said, you are the light of this world and you are the salt of this earth. Peter, who was just a, just a shaky fellow, you know, he just looked at me and said, Peter, you're the rock. In other words, God is speaking life into you. And when you get encouraged by the creator of the universe, God's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. And if you're having a problem every time you read the Bible, it's like, I feel like God's screaming at me. I feel like God's mad at you. That is a negative filter that you develop maybe from having parents that were analytical or critical towards you. And it's a good idea to get a highlighter out and start acknowledging the scriptures where it says God is for you. Amen? It's so important. It will change your perspective the way you see things because otherwise you'll always see things through a dirty filter if you don't change your perspective and become in line with what God says about you, that he is for you, not against you. Compliments, inward compliments and outward compliments. You see Song of Solomon giving outward compliments back and forth, back and forth in the book of Song of Solomon. It's a great and powerful book that makes for great relationships. When you compliment inward and outward beauty, though, I want to compliment on this Comment on the outward. Yes, it's important to say, Amy, you look very beautiful today. I love how you did your hair. I love those earrings with that outfit. It looks great. I love your smile. It lights up my world. Outward compliments. But listen, inward compliments are just as important. You know what I love about you, Amy? It is how, what an amazing mom you are. I love how faithful you are to our kids. I love how you keep rising to the occasion just to be there for them and to nurture them and to care for them, to show them compassion and confidence. I love that about you. If you want behavior repeated, you've got to appreciate. You've got to compliment those things. You've got to acknowledge those kind of behaviors. I remember a book that we had read years ago, and it was a story in there about a woman who went to a counselor, and she was complaining that her husband didn't do anything around the house, that she had to do all the work, and it was just frustrating all of the time. And the counselor said to her, give me an example. What's one of the biggest things that he doesn't do that you are hoping he would do? And she said, paint a bedroom. I've been asking him for months and months to paint a bedroom. And he said, okay, I want to give you a challenge. For the next three weeks until you come in again, he said, I would like you to just focus on appreciating him and showing gratitude to him. Just anything that you can appreciate, anything that you can compliment that he does, do that and don't ask him even one single time to paint the bedroom. And she said, well, how will I get the bedroom painted then? And he said, don't worry about that. Just focus on complimenting what you can compliment and appreciating anything you can find to appreciate. And she said, okay. And so she agreed to really do this. And she came back three weeks later and she said, how did you know that would work? And he said, what do you mean? And she said, I did what you asked. I appreciated, I complimented, and I didn't mention or even hint at painting the bedroom. And she said, after a couple of weeks of that, he just went and painted the bedroom without me asking. 
And she said, how did you know that would work? And he said, it's just human nature. None of us like to be nagged all the time. We'd rather be appreciated. And when you build someone up with your words, it brings them up in life. When we push someone down with their words, it, it causes them to not even want to uh, succeed in certain areas because we're making them feel so low with our words. And so he said, when you build those in your household up, you're just going to bring out the best in them. And, and that usually works. And, and it did in her situation. You may have not grown up with compliments, mm -hmm. but to be a change maker, you've got to be intentional about changing the ways you think and do things. Otherwise, this is going to reoccur to the next generation. So when it comes to setting goals in life, it's so vitally important. We'll be talking about that in the next couple of weeks. But when we set a goal, for example, like uh, Zig Ziglar said that he hugged his wife 20 to 30 times a day. I thought, wow, what did he do for work, you know? But the fact is, is that he set a goal. Maybe he didn't hit 20 to 30 times every day. Maybe he only hit five or 10 times. That's better than what most Americans hug their wife or spouse. What if we set a goal of compliments every day? Because if you don't set a goal, you can think it all you want, but if you don't verbalize it, you never bless anyone with your thoughts. A lot of people in marriage is like, they really do love their spouse, but they don't verbalize it. They don't tell them what they love about them and what they appreciate about them. What if you set a goal of just five times or 10 times a day of being intentional about giving compliments to your children, to your spouse, to your parents, whatever it might be. But what if you were intentional? Could you hit the mark? Maybe not every time. But even if you got two or three times the compliments in, it may be better than what you're currently giving the people around you. And again, compliments are the glue to our relationships. And when we're intentional about our goals and going after something, like Zig Ziglar said, if you aim for nothing, you'll hit it every time. In other words, if you don't have a goal to go after something, if you're not intentional about changing the ways that you think and do things, you're not going to get any different results than what your parents got and so on. But God wants to take you a thousand times further. He wants to improve your relationship skills. He wants to take you so much further, not just to a new level, but to a new dimension in your relationships. And these are just three principles out of the Christmas story. There's a lot more, but for the sake of time, we're just sharing with you when you show compassion in your relationships, when you show confidence in your relationship. And when you add value by giving compliments in your relationships, it will take you way beyond what you can ask or think. And even though there may be those cross moments, those difficult, challenging moments here on earth, if you will continue to take the high road, you will eventually be wearing a crown in your relationships. If you receive this today, would you just say amen? We're so thankful that you could join us. We are so grateful that you could be a part of services today. Again, from our hearts to yours, Merry Christmas. We're so thankful that you could come and share in this Christmas story with us. We want to give you an opportunity. We never like to close our services without giving you an opportunity to receive Christ for yourself. Again, the only way we can love anyone around us is first being able to receive Christ's love and his forgiveness for ourselves. If you haven't done that, it would be an honor and a privilege of mine to be able to pray with you today right where you're at. Let me take it one step further. Maybe you've accepted Christ in your life, but you're not following Christ the way that you could or should. And you're saying, Pastor, I really want to get back on course with Christ today. I want to give him a gift. That's my life. I know it's not much kind of thing, but I'm willing to recommit my heart to the Lord. I want to sell out. I want to make him my priority in life. On either one of those occasions, it would be an honor to pray for you. So I'm going to ask with every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment longer. If you've never made that decision to receive Christ or you're at a place in your life on a scale of one to five and your relationship with him is not where it once was. Maybe you were a four or five at one point, but you're saying, Pastor, I'm not there anymore. I'm more like a one or two. I'm definitely not in a close fellowship with him anymore like I used to be. If that's you, 
with every head bowed and every eye closed, would you just slip up your hands all over this room, just acknowledging, I want to receive Christ, his forgiveness for my sins, or I want to recommit my heart to Jesus today. With Again, with every head bowed and every eye closed, would you slip up your hands all over this room, acknowledging, I want to make that decision today. I want to recommit my heart to Jesus today. Okay, excellent. Let's do this. Let's put a hand on a heart. Let's pray this prayer. The Bible says in Romans 10, 13, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It doesn't matter what you've done wrong. All that matters right now is what Jesus Christ has done right. So let's take a moment. Let's pray. Let's call on the name of the Lord. People's lives are going to be changed, and you're going to help us by praying this prayer out loud with them. So would you pray this with us? Those that are joining us online, please pray this with us as well. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father forgive, me forgive me of all my sins. Of all my sins. Jesus, Jesus, Forgive me, forgive me of all my sins. Of all my sins. Come into my heart. I make you, I make you the, Lord of my life the Lord of my life to be my Savior, to be my savior and, my best friend. and my best friend. It's not enough, it's not enough to, know about you. to know about you. I want to know you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Take, my life Take my life and do something with it. Do something with Thank, it. You Thank you for dying on the cross for, dying on the cross for all of my sins. For all in Jesus, name, In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Would you give the Lord a big hand clap? Thank you so much.